Hello, my friend. How are you doing? <laughs> so good to be here with you again one more time. Tonight, Wednesday, April 14th, 2021, from Odessa, Texas, I say hello to you. I am Gian, the founding pastor of Victory Church. It is my privilege to share God's word with you, and I thank you for allowing me to do this. I will start today the study of the epistle from the Apostle Paul to the Romans. So I am so excited about this, and uh, I hope you will enjoy it as well. So we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 1. Greetings from Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. God chose me to be an apostle and gave me the work of telling his good news. God promised long ago through his prophets in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Scriptures, to give this good news to his people. The good news is about God's Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. As a human, he was born from the family of David, but through the Holy Spirit, he, he was shown to be God's powerful Son when he raised him, when he was raised from death. Through Christ, God gave me the special work of an apostle to lead people of all nations to believe and obey him. I do all this to honor Christ. First five verses I want to share with you to begin with. Interesting. Paul was uh, someone that actually his original name was Saul. He was a, a Pharisee. He was very knowledgeable about the scriptures. And uh, he, he believed in God. He was someone who believed in God, a Jew, very traditional, following all the rules, you know, doing things by the book and order and all that. And uh, he was commissioned to go after the church because, as you probably know, the Jews were not uh, going along with the, the new movement of Christianity. They, they were against that. So Paul's job, Saul's job, was to persecute the church and he put people in prison, incarcerated them. And actually, we, we know that even there were several that were martyrs of the church. One example we have in Stephen, the first martyr of the church in the book of Acts, tells us about that exactly before the salvation of Saul, which became Paul. His name was changed. Paul had an encounter with the Lord Jesus on his way to Damascus. Acts chapter 9 describes all that. But years later, after going through training, and uh, actually he, he was uh, taught by other great leaders in the church. In addition to that, he was uh, very, very blessed with an incredible amount of knowledge about the gospel, about church planting, and about doctrine. He wrote many scriptures, many letters. Good part of the New Testament was written by, by Paul. He was an incredible person, amazing individual, planting churches. And uh, one of the things that he loved was to, to train people. He loved to see people not just getting to know the Lord and becoming saved, but also to give them tools 
Uh, his passion was implanting churches and training people. That was his, his passion. He was a great, great teacher. We don't know exactly how eloquent he was in person by speaking, but the letters show that he was absolutely wise, on point, and uh, more likely we know that he was convincing. He was obviously anointed by God, which ultimately is what seals the calling of someone into ministry. So here's Paul stating, greetings from me, an apostle from the Lord God Almighty. And he, he begins his, his explanation, uh, his letter, by saying that his job is to tell the good news. Tell the good news. What are the good news? He explains. He says, God promised long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures to give this good news to his people. The good news is about God's Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That, that's the good news. And he's saying, my job as an apostle is to tell people about the good news. So his passion was in sharing with people about the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us a little pieces of important doctrine here, stating that as a human, the Lord Jesus was born from the family of David. When you study the genealogy coming from Joseph and Mary, you understand what he is saying here. But more importantly, he says, through the Holy Spirit, he was shown to be God's powerful son when he was raised from death. Through Christ, God gave me the special work of an apostle to lead people of all nations to believe and obey him. I do all this to honor Christ. So the first verses are pretty much talking about his calling, his job as an apostle, being chosen by God with a great training, passion to share the good news with people, the good news that there is hope in the name of Jesus, of course. But, uh, but he's lending this intro by saying that he has called to lead people of all nations to believe and obey God. That is really interesting, and I want to talk a little bit about it. Leading people is not an easy thing. You know that. If you are single, well, you lead yourself. But if you have a family, you have children, you know. It's not easy to lead people. In the workplace, it's not easy to lead people anywhere. In church, it's not easy to lead people. Lead, leading people actually is complex and requires a lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom to understand what is and what is not the job of the leader. But Paul says here that he was called to lead people of all nations, which tells us something very important about his heart. He was open to receive anyone from any background. You know, a true, a genuine apostle should be someone that, above all the things, wants to continue share. He wants to share the good news, talking about Jesus to people. But he has to have a heart open for people from all nations, from all kind of backgrounds. And it's not easy to do that. He, he needed to 
to be immersed in the culture of those different groups and work with them, being tolerant and patient and connecting with them. You know, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to be with them and I'm going to tolerate them for a little while and then I'm going to leave because I can't stand them. I just got to do this because, you know, it's my job. No, that doesn't work that way because people, people sense those things, you know. Paul was immersed in the culture, connecting with them at their level. So you, you, can, you can see here from the very beginning of this letter that he's, he's telling us some things in his character that are, that are not written here. One is that he was absolutely patient, tolerant, and humble to deal with everybody from all, from, from all uh, backgrounds, you see? But at the same time, he says, to lead people of all nations to believe and obey him, to believe and obey him, meaning, listen, <laughs> this is something profound. Because first of all, how can we connect with people from all nations? How can we connect with people from different backgrounds? It is not easy. It is not easy because there are always certain limitations, you know. I'm not talking about language. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the connectivity between us and people from other backgrounds. It's not easy, but even when you do it, now how can you lead them to believe? How, how was it that Paul was able to lead them to believe? People from all nations. So he was very humble, very gracious, tolerant and patient. But obviously, he was special in such a way that people not just connected with him, but he they wanted to believe. They were willing to believe the same things that he believed. What, what is what he's saying here? Is is talking about his passion, his passion for the Lord, his passion for the kingdom, his passion for the church. He was so passionate about this. And that passion moved him to speak and to work and to share which obviously all that is faith. And when, when all that faith coming out of himself, he was inspiring people, not just to connect, you see, but to believe. And later he says, and, and obey him. And, and obey him. To, to obey God. How can you lead people to obey God? In these days, people don't want to even believe in God. They don't want to even talk about God. But imagine that you will be able to connect with people from different backgrounds and then through your testimony, through your passion, your faith, now they believe like you believe. And now you have to be knowledgeable and you have to know how to present your arguments in order to convince people that they must obey God. How can we lead people to believe and obey God? You're talking about someone that was very smart. He was absolutely smart, connecting with people in their levels, sharing with them his faith, and then explaining to them the scriptures in such a way that was so convincing that eventually they say, I'm going to do the same thing. I want to obey. But he says, and I do all this to honor Christ. <laughs> which is really special of Paul. 
he's not he's telling us here he he was not interested in a fame or position or possessions or anything like that what he wanted was honestly honor the lord god to honor the lord god what a what an example for for all ministers that we find in paul someone which whose ultimate motive was to honor the lord god not to to see more people coming to their church so that their church grows and is huge is big and they have all resources they want to do whatever programs they want Mm-mm. his ultimate goal was to honor the lord god honoring god you see these five verses are telling us a lot about his character verse 6 he says you are some of those who have been chosen to belong to jesus christ <laughs> this letter is to all of you in Rome. God loves you and he has chose, chosen you to be his holy people. He, he's talking to the Romans. Of course, there are believers there. But, but very important is for you to see this. When anyone is able and willing to listen to God's word, right in that moment, comes into this category of a chosen one to become part of God's chosen people. Right in that moment. From the moment, if you are new to Christianity, if you don't know much about church, right now, just by listening to this, you become part of the God's, what we call God's chosen people. His people, you you have, and you are thinking, well, I don't I don't see that I don't see how. Well, it's because the power of the preaching, the power of the of the message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures, that power comes to touch you, and the Lord is not going to give up on you. The Lord will continue sharing with you different things until the moment you surrender to him because you are his chosen one right now period that's it there is no way to escape there is no way to escape he will continue pushing and pushing and pushing and paul knows that that's why all that he was looking for was always opportunities to share god's word because anyone you if you are a believer if you have the opportunity to share God's word with somebody, that, that's all that you need. You, you just share with them that there is hope in Jesus. Their life can change. That there is an opportunity. There is, there, is a, there is a hope of glory for their lives. That not all is lost. That there is hope in Jesus. From that moment, you are sharing that with someone and you... Tell them about your faith in Jesus and how your life has changed from that moment that you are sharing the good news. That person is becoming a God-chosen person because it's finally arriving to that place of listening to God's word. And you know what? There is a scripture in, in 2 Peter where what Peter says that the desire of the Lord God is that no one will perish. Let me check my notes here. Second Peter 3 9. Second Peter 3 9 says that 
the Lord doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell and, and, and have that horrible end for their lives. The Lord wants everybody to be saved. Paul knows that. So he says, this letter is to all of you in Rome. God loves you and he has chosen you to be his holy people. It doesn't matter if what happened two minutes ago or five minutes ago, whatever, before the person reads the scripture, the letter or the Bible, it doesn't matter what happened. Listen, from the moment the person is reading, the moment the person is listening, the, mo the moment you are hearing God's word, from that moment you become God's chosen people. He wants you to be saved and he's not going to rest until you surrender and give your heart to the Lord. Verse 8, he says, um, first I want to say that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. I thank him because people everywhere in the world are talking about your great faith. Every time I pray, I always remember you. God knows this is true. He's the one I serve with all my heart by telling the good news <laughs> about his son. I pray that I will be allowed to come to you. It will happen if God wants it. I, I want very much to see you and give you some spiritual gift to make your faith stronger. I mean that I want us to help each other with the faith that we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. Now, understanding also that this letter was written mainly also for those who were part of the church already and they had a great testimony of faith. He says that Everywhere in the world, they were talking about their great faith. So that, that, is, that is really special because that says that those people in Rome, the believers already there, they were, they were showing faith in an extraordinary way that people everywhere were talking about their faith. And because it is true, believers all over the world, by expressing their faith but acting with faith and but showing how much faith they have in the Lord Jesus Christ they create a great example they are an example for everybody and, and he says I want to go I, I, I know it's going to happen whenever the Lord wants me to and what I want is I want, want to go to encourage you but listen he says listen to this <laughs> I want us to help each other with the faith we, that we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. <laughs> because it's true. Every time you are with your minister, your pastor, your leader, your church leader, who, whoever is showing you the path, that faith of this person helps you and, and makes you feel better and increases your faith, but at the same time, for, for the preacher, let's say for me as a minister, as a pastor, I, I hang out with my friends, with, with the people of my church, believers everywhere in the world, and, and they talk to me. You know, that helps my faith as well. So we build uh, each other's faith. That is what Paul is saying. That's why he says, I want to go. I haven't <laughs> been able to, but I want to go and it's going to happen. It's going to happen whenever I will see you because our my, that that is my desire and our faith is going to grow together. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, I want you to know that I have planned many times to come to you, but something always happens to change my plans. <laughs> I would like to see the same good results among you that I have had from my work among the other non-Jewish people. So he says, I want to see the results. I want to see how your lives have changed because it's obvious where, wherever the Lord is and is working in the life of people, Things must happen. 
and, and we ministers, we see that, that change in the life of people because the, 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 the seed of faith is going to bring results in the life of people. Things are going to happen. Things will change and, and be good. And that is what he says. I want to see you for that reason. And he goes again in verse 14 saying, I must serve all people, those who share in Greek culture and those who are less civilized, <laughs> the educated as well as the ignorant. That is why I want so much to tell the good news to you there in Rome, because he says, I want to go there. I want to talk to everybody. You see, it doesn't matter if they are educated or not, if they are rich or poor, if they are this or that, it doesn't matter. I'm going to preach there. That, that is his calling. 16, I am proud of the good news, he says, because it is the power God uses to save everyone who believes. To save the Jews first and now to save those who are not Jews. The good news shows how God makes people right with himself. God's way of making people right begins and ends with faith, as the scriptures say. The one who is right with God by faith will live forever. He says, I am so proud of the good news because it's the power of God to save souls. We are proud of great things, right? We are proud quite often of uh, the success of people that we love, our family, our children, or friends, or success in general. We are proud of those things. But Paul says, I am proud of one thing, of the gospel the good news, because it's the power of God to save everybody, because the Lord provided a way to make things, to make people right with himself. And, and that is the beauty of what we are talking here, is that the whole truth of the gospel of Christianity is that the Lord God made a way for us to be right with him. And that way is through faith that Jesus died for you. By believing that the Lord Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in, in Mary while being a virgin, without the intervention of a, another human, without the participation of a man, Mary conceived the Son of God, and this man became the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Savior, the Redeemer, whose blood was poured down on Calvary. And when he was nailed to the cross and he died there, that was the sacrificial death of the perfect Lamb of God who takes away all our sins. The Lord God provided the way to make us right with him in all that we have to do is receive that gift of salvation. Receive the blessing of being saved by faith, by believing these things that the Bible teaches us. And those are the good news. Paul says, I am an apostle. And I am here to share that with everybody. That there is hope in Jesus. It doesn't matter what kind of problems you have. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. There is grace enough today and tomorrow and forever in Jesus Christ, for everyone who repents and opens his heart and says, I want salvation. This is the first 
part of the study of Romans. I want to see you next week. I hope you will continue watching and studying with me, but I want to close this evening with a prayer for you. Open your heart to God. If you have never given your heart to God and you want to experience salvation, this is the day. So just say with me these words. Repeat these words. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for providing the right way to make me right with you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died for me. And I believe that he has risen. I believe that my sins are forgiven by faith. I believe in the good news. I'm a new person. And I am sorry for my sins. I repent. I want to change. And I'm a new person, a new creation. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for my salvation. I am eternal. I'm going to heaven. And I'll be in heaven forever with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. My friend, if this was the first time that you have prayed that prayer, I'm so happy for you. And I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the peace of God come upon you. And also receive healing in your body if you need it. Receive transformation. Receive hope. And I hope that one day I'll see you here in Victory Church. If you can, here in Odessa, Texas. But if not, let's continue hanging out here in this way, the new way, the cyber way, through the air. Regardless, we are one in Jesus. You have a beautiful night.